The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. You are listening to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer with the sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Sports Network. Listen in as Brent and Dave invite you to belly up to the bar with them to talk about everything in the world of sports, just like you would do at your favorite watering hole. It's sports, beer, and shenanigans, so belly up to the bar with us, grab a beverage, and let's get into it. 1420 Sports Bar Podcast Show number 272 for this 23rd day of January 2023 today tonight's show is brought to you by manscaped and manscaped.com use promo code 1420 skate at manscaped.com today and get 20 percent off and free shipping uh yeah with our, our promo code at manscaped.com today dave uh the weekend they just roll by way too quick no matter what you do couple nfl games or four nfl games this weekend hockey all weekend long i had my baseball umpire clinic on on Saturday, which took up a, a good portion of my, my Saturday afternoon. But before we get going on that, Dave, uh, when we, we, we got off the air on, uh, what day was it? On Thursday with Daryl from the Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Bills fandom and, uh, from the Moretti football pool. I hope he's not hanging from a tree branch right now or anything. But, uh, before we went off the air the other night, you said, uh, you're going to be solving some crimes on the West side on Saturday night. Did, did you solve some crimes or did you, did you end up committing some? No crimes were solved, but no crimes happened in the neighborhood under our watch. We had that neighborhood uh, under 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 watch, and 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 we were sure that uh, nothing bad happened. But uh, it was a good time. The, in spite of us not being able to bond spiel, we managed to get in. We went to a friend's backyard, had a massive bonfire, and uh, solved some problems. Greetings, more about it. Created some problems didn't really occur until uh, about eleven o'clock the next day when I rolled out of bed. That's Normally I roll out around six thirty, so in the a.m. I uh, I checked my phone records. I called for the cab at one uh, fifty-five a.m. and that's a late night for Davy Boy. That's a late night Ooh. for people our age. Well, me and the uh, Deanne, we went out to the. Uh, food and beverage show across the city there and so we we stayed till about 9 9 30 i guess and we're like yeah it's right time to go it's good it's like it was it was busy as all hell like it was, it was a really good time and there were some different beers actually our friends from uh bull uh bull bull valley brewing yeah bull valley oh yeah brewing. the one that sent you the yeah, fix they, they were yeah. there and so we i actually had a good bullshit with them they're gonna be sending some other stuff just talk, talk about them on the show it was a good nice little chat with those guys in different breweries i was schmoozing with to try to drum up some business for for our show and everything else so it's actually a pretty good good outing uh the one thing i did notice that kind of made me sad for humanity because you walk around those things and there's lots of people and um i actually said to deanne cause it was a, it was a much younger crowd than uh than you and i like it was there was a lot of university kids college kids of, of that age and i was like hey this is kind of neat like i haven't seen the, the selfies the whole bit like people are just having a good time their phones are away they're just drinking and get, getting on and eating food and whatever it was and people that were closer to our age was the first selfies that i saw being taken that night and this is about nine o'clock and right at that moment dave i felt bad for humanity like I, I really did. Like when I, we, I sat back and I, I watched people do it, and I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Because the thing was, is that there was, there was a group of five people, uh, all, all, all females, I'm not, and I'm not besmirching females at all here. There was a group of five females. Two of them stopped to take a picture of each other of themselves. 
Then they showed it to each other to the to, to the like once the picture was done, they showed the picture to each other and they laughed about it. And then they showed the picture to their friends they were with who were watching them take the picture. So they already knew what the picture was was of. And then the phone goes back in their pocket and never to be seen by anybody anybody else again. What the fuck is the point of a selfie, Dave? I don't know. You like, know, I watched I, the whole thing take place. I was like, what the hell? No, I got uh, in shit uh, when we were uh, vacationing, family vacations this uh, this this summer. Um, so when we could take our pictures at the ball games, so we could take our pictures at the gorge, you know, and I get it, you know, and then because I have the longest arms, I'm the selfie taker. Yeah. It took me a, there's, there's a bit of a knack to it. And I had to do something and I was under instruction from my wife and my son of how to properly take the selfie. And we ended up getting one or two, but you know, we're at something and we want to save that moment for posterity. We're not bugging five minutes away from home in a convention center like yeah. that picture that picture can be taken anywhere take the picture in the mirror before you leave the house for fuck's sake well, and that's what I, that's what made me laugh was like they showed the picture to the people that they were with that knew what they were wearing where they were the whole bit and then that picture will never get seen again by anybody well maybe it goes on an instagram or a tiktok maybe they go home to the same people that they're with well I, well, whatever. I, mean, I, I yeah, I'm not a selfie guy either. Like, it's just I, I I don't really fully understand it. But if you want to have your your projective lifestyle on on your TikTok or Gram or whatever it is you do, then just you know do you as long as you're not hurting anybody because I ain't seeing it. Like last summer when we went to uh, New York in August, there uh, Deanna and I we we took a few selfies. There was, there was one we were on the Coney Island cyclone, and right before we went on there, we were at Coney Island. We took some pictures that we would send to to family members while we we're in the process, and yeah. then and then it was gone, right? But it's because we were in New York City, so it's something different. But this, I I I couldn't believe what I was seeing, and I I, I really wish that it was that it was some uh, younger kids doing it, but it wasn't, man. They were closer to our age than they were to twenty. You know, I was just, I was, I was shocked. I was, I was just shocked because I've never really watched it before. And I, I, oh. actually, I, I took time to watch it, like to, to watch the situation. It was, I was just, yeah, it, it was. Yeah, odd. it doesn't ruin my day. No, I was fine. I, I was just, I was just took a mental note of how dumb it was, and I was ready to was ridiculous, ridiculous. Anyways, uh, the. Uh, Speaking of ridiculous, yeah, ridiculous. The NFL playoffs went on this weekend. The games were uh, okay at best. They weren't terrible. They weren't great. The divisional rounds went went on. There was games Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Saturday you had the uh, the Kansas City Jacksonville play. Uh, Decent game. The one thing that I noticed about that game, though, Dave, that it might come back to haunt Kansas City a little bit, is that uh, they ran with Mahomes, the guy who brought him there, but he got injured in the early in the second quarter i believe it was and they ran with him through like uh, chad Henney's the, the backup there i didn't i didn't know that until he started playing i wouldn't have i thought he was retired and selling real estate somewhere was what my thought would have been with him but the kansas city won which was expected the game was a lot closer i thought it was going to be trevor lawrence had a good game uh, jacksonville played played very well i didn't understand why jacksonville didn't um try to attack lack of a better term attack um patrick mahomes a little bit more than they did because uh with with the bad wheel uh he was right for the pick and i I thought kansas city was right for the picking with the way they uh they managed that game um yeah and and the fact that he he took the field like so obviously taped up probably took the spike 
and got back out there. He's he's clearly hobbled. High ankle sprain is what they tell us today, and those don't go away in a weekend. No, that's that's gonna that's that's a major blow for Kansas City uh, coming because <laughs> there's a reason we didn't know Chad Henney was uh, Kansas City's backup quarterback. Not that a guy's. He's been playing longer than Brady, no? <laughs> he's been around a long time. He's, he's been like, around a long time. He's like Colt McCoy, who played, played at Texas for 14 years of his university career. Now he's now he's still a, he's a backup in Arizona. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. And he, yeah. And he, yeah, so, but nonetheless, um, in that game, too, I think Jacksonville, if they can build on this year, they're going to be a force because Lawrence can play this game and and Jacksonville was in it. A couple big drops by their receivers, mm-hmm. and 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 then it's a lot closer game than the seven points that it was. Seven, ten? No, it was twenty-seven, twenty. I think the final score was on that one. Yeah, yeah. And then Jacksonville for sure left points on the field, Matt, with a couple of drops. Yeah, it, was, it, it could have went either way, and it, it goes to show you that when your when your team, well, we we, we talk about it a lot on, on our show here when a team that has to pay a quarterback and he's worth every penny. And we don't talk about what guys make because it doesn't matter. Somebody thinks he's worked as much. So he gets paid that much. It's pretty simple. Um, but uh, when you get paid that much money, you don't have much room for, for, for anybody else. Right. So the backup quarterback might not be that good. And he might, might be just serviceable and to get you through some mop up time, man. Oh man. Like if, if, if Mahomes is out for any uh, length of time and, um, yeah, you want to win championships and the like and everything else, but having him out and having him injured at, at this time of year, I don't know how much I would play him seeing how next week goes. Like we'll get to next week's games and all, but if if they're down early and maybe maybe have a sit down and say we're not winning this game and we need you long term cuz we have a, we have you signed for 8, eight 9 years eight, whatever his years, contract yeah. is, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I disagree with that. Um, Kansas city is finding out that it's really fucking hard to win, uh, win super bowls, right? Like if they, if they get there and again, like this is their fourth, fifth AFC championship game in a row. Also five, now, yeah. yeah. Now you're starting to compare them to the Atlanta Braves, right? Um, that ain't cool either. And so you got all, <laughs> As long as Patrick Mahomes, if I'm him, as long as the doctors see I can't wreck it anymore, like you can't, it's just it's no long term like damage, health. I guess is the thing, right? You know, and then I imagine he's not going to practice this week. Maybe not even like just a couple walkthroughs with a walking cast. Like seriously, that like either on crutches or in a walking boot, because you got to baby that thing because. He's taking the field on Sunday, and and the team of horses isn't going to keep him off the field. And that's what I want from my quarterback that I'm paying $50 million. If he can't continue, you know what? we got an insurance policy for that. But I'm not saying run out an injured player. I'm saying if he can't do any further damage to, to the ankle, that's I'd rather have him in a fucking wheelchair. Well, yeah, healthy to Chad Henning. Yeah, him at him at seventy five or fifty or whatever he might be. Like he's got, got two legs, so he's at least at fifty percent, right? With the, the whole thing or seventy five because his arm and his brain are are, are are how much more too. So it's not a, a bad idea, but having him out there as long as he says, as long as no more long term damage can happen because he 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 is a talent. I would I I was shocked that Jacksonville didn't attack that a little bit more and not and not play dirty. 
but play um, a little unclean a little bit and, and go go after that a little bit. Because you, you mean you, 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 it's it's hard to win and you, you don't get many chances. You don't know where your, where your team's going to be next year, and you might not get back to playoffs next year. It's it's really hard. It is really hard, and that's why the Kansas City, unless they start cashing in some of these, they're going to look back. Uh, you know, yes, it is an accomplishment, but they're going to look back with some regret. Sure, they got their one, but they've only played in two, and and here's another look at another one, right? Andy, and go ahead, sorry. sorry. Well, Andy Reid himself, he knows that from his time in Philadelphia. Never cashed one in, and just because you got one, it makes you makes you hungry for another one. That's a good segue, Dave. That's what we'd call that in the uh, the podcast industry. But the uh, Philadelphia, the uh, Philadelphia man, we uh, we were both one hundred percent wrong on what happened with uh, Philly and the Giants. We, like I thought, the Giants had a a puncher's chance, and they they forgot to bring their gloves to the match, man, because they got smoked. Like it weren't close. Like it that was a bad, bad football game. I was in and out of the game early, and then I'm. We went, like I said, we went to the food and beverage show, and it, they had a few TVs set up there. And every time you looked, like, oh, 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 oh this isn't well, good. Same. This is the one that we were playing at the at the party, like uh, barbecue, and like I didn't watch a minute of the second half. I just, you know, uh, had my phone. Uh, I would check occasionally for scores, just in case it got close. But yeah, New York didn't show up. I don't. I don't really have a good feel for that game because I was well into getting my elbow exercises in, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and that's hard to do. Uh, and uh, when you're when you're watching football, uh, but nonetheless, it's I don't know. So I can't even really comment how good or bad or what I think happened in that game. I just know it was a curb stomping. Yeah, and to not spend much time on it, like I said, I, I watched just enough to know that Philadelphia was really good. Philadelphia has a really good shot at winning the NFC Championship game because they that hurts is something else. He's having himself a season, and uh, yeah, he he is uh, he's real real good. Uh, speaking of Philly, we're going to have our, our friends from Bouliana Sports on uh, JD and Aaron are going to be on there, and they're both Philly fans and everything else. So they're joining us on uh, Thursday night in the fourteen twenty Sports Bar podcast. So make sure you guys tune into that one. It'll be, it'll be really good. Uh, uh, anyways, yeah, Philly, they got a shot. Uh, let's get into the Dallas game. Uh, wasn't the, the Dallas San Francisco game wasn't a great game? There's a, a lot of stuff you can, a lot of takes you can have on this one. The the number one take I got is that uh, Dak Prescott fooled pretty much everybody for the last week or so, but people failed to re- failed to remember how bad Tampa Bay was. Uh, Dak Prescott got a week's grace period uh, uh, with a team that he beat that was terrible. Tampa was their defense was terrible. Tom Brady's had, didn't have the didn't have it going on last week, and and Prescott got the Cowboys uh, the Cowboys fans and the hopeful thinking that he was a good quarterback. He's not. Dak Prescott is not a good NFL quarterback. He is a serviceable guy. He, I wouldn't even put him in the in the uh, the same echelon as Kirk Cousins. Like he's he's just not. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's a good comparison. Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Derek Carr. Carr. Yeah, just you know they they can they can surprise you sometimes and throw for a shit ton of yards, but when the rubber hits the road, they're packing their bags come uh, come playoff time all the fucking time. You just can't. You, it was it was a it was an odd game. There wasn't really no team really got into a great flow. Uh, 
I found that uh, Doc Prescott's play was lacking. And, you know, if you're going to be in the playoffs, you can't throw picks. He threw two picks. And that's... I think that's the seventh or eighth time this season that he's done that. Like, I'm not a big stats guy when it comes to all this stuff. Because, like, it means nothing. No one listens to our show to hear stats. or any, I don't think people listen to podcasts to hear stats. But, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, he wasn't good. And just the visuals of it, how bad they were. And then, like, you, you, you got to feel for that poor Mahar or Maher, whatever, that, that kicker. <laughs> like, the right off, like, that first, that first uh, extra point uh, was blocked. So, it wasn't a miss, but it was blocked. But... That thing was going wide left, no matter what. That thing wasn't going to be close. <laughs> he was going to miss. All. Yeah, but everybody you, knows if that. You, if you watch who who blocked the, the guy who ended up blocking that 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 uh, that kick, he was surprised that he blocked because the ball shouldn't be going that direction. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, but oh. it never came down to him, and he drilled his his two three field goals, so it was not his fault. It was not his fault. We can we can for sure take the goat horns off a of Maher there or whatever. But the thing was, Dave, is that there was a fourth and four that they probably could have went for a field goal on, and they didn't. And they or and it's like they they just like duh. like they, there was some some different coaching strategies. Like McCarthy made like that that play right at the end of the game. I don't know what was going on in that one. Like just a like I don't know where where this guy gets going. The, the problem that Dallas the, the problem Dallas has and this one won't go away is that Jerry Jones runs the team, the whole organization. And now he's stuck with the guys he picked. Right? So now you got a situation where you have the person who picked the coach, who picked the quarterback, who pays the bills, the whole bit. Jerry Jones is his own worst enemy, in my opinion. Like, he's not going to, like, the way, because you don't want to be wrong, right? And, and and rich people and who have that that much success in their in their business life, because the guy's got more money than anybody else in the NFL. Uh, like, it's got to be tough for him and Cowboys fans to know that until he's gone, they aren't doing fuck all. Yeah, well, like he just simply can't keep his hands off the team, and and you know, we talk about him as an example of of an owner. Like it's good to have a passionate owner, but you also it's it's even better to have an owner to to know when to stay in his lane. And he does not. He like he's in the draft rooms. He's here and here. He's he's everywhere. And you know, you don't work for the Dallas Cowboys unless you're you're willing to take marching orders from Jerry Jones. And you know, I don't think some coaches would even take that job. Like a, a big brand name coach. Like I get it. McCarthy won his Super Bowl with the Packers way back when. But he's obviously willing to toe the line. And, you know, and now, you know, this is a tough loss for Dallas because it was laid bare. Um, the trouble they're in. Like the, you can't win with Dak. He's under contract for a shit ton of money. 40 a year, I think. Yeah. You can't win with uh, Ezekiel Elliott. And he's under contract for another couple of years under for, for a lot of dough. And you, and you know, so when Pollard got hurt, Dallas was basically the the writing was on the wall because Ezekiel Elliott is not a difference maker in the running back position anymore. And he made that painfully clear. Maybe that's why McCarthy made him hut the ball on the last play of the game. I mean, that was the weirdest thing I think I've <laughs> ever seen in football. That was that was such a strange because I, I what the all right. Yeah, this is uh, well. Yeah. Let's see. Maybe okay. some hook and yeah, maybe some hook and ladder. Maybe some had... Boise State shit from ninety or from two thousand whatever, two thousand nine, whatever year. Yeah, that was. who knows? But no, eight yard completion drilled him. 
fucking just got lit up. Like, first, they run over Ezekiel Elliott, and then that kid that caught the ball got fucking drilled into the ground, too. Yeah, you so, got to think that, da- like, the Dallas faithfully, like, you've see, you seen the... And this this makes me crazy every year, and you know, how sports fans like I get up like I get upset for about fourteen seconds when my team loses year after year, and then I, I'm over it, and then you, you worry about the what you got to do the next day, making supper or whatever's got to happen. But you've seen all over the old Twitter machine today, uh, Dallas fans busting their TVs and burning their jerseys and blah blah blah. Like you got to be some kind of fucking touch to smash your TV over a football game that you had no vesting interest in, not not vesting, but you had no impact on whatsoever right like, uh, that's yeah, crazy it, to be that people get that messed up over uh, fa- fans derived from fanatical like i get it and fanatic and fanatical but that's nuts when people and it seems like it's it's more of a football thing than anything else like it, it, it really does to me and you know i i i definitely agree with that and it is more of a football thing i i agree with that as well the the, the passion the fandom runs out of control at times and you know whatever as long as you're not punching my tv i'll laugh at you and like but it's 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 ridiculous behavior like control yourself because at the end of the day like are you that mad when this kid shits his pants at the ballpark probably not. not you know but you know that affected you more directly than than uh doc prescott throwing two interceptions Right? Yeah, it's, like it's, it's not some people it. that get that revved up or something they have no control over about anything, right? Like, it's just, it's odd to me. Like, you, like I said, you, you're like, I'm a fan of the Yankees, obviously, and they lose on whatever. You, you're upset for 14 seconds. Going, okay, we'll try again next year. You know, it's just, yeah, to get that revved up about it. It, it seems like it's, it's football fans and anything else. But yeah, the Cowboys, I, I don't know, like, you're, you're stuck, you're stuck with that, with that regime until Jerry Jones dies because he's not going to go and admit his faults. People of that ilk, billionaires, don't normally say, I was wrong. They, that's, not, that's not how they operate, right? And so mm-hmm. like, you're, you're stuck with that. The Cowboy fan, you are stuck with that that team, and they're not winning next year. They're not. I don't, well, I don't, know, how, I don't know how you get better, right? Pollard, like the, the amount of free agents, like Pollard's a free agent, and I... I don't know what you do. You can't trade Dak. Who's going to pay Dak Prescott the, the $25, 30000000 that he's owed next year? Not, well, actually, I don't that's, know that's a good point, Dave. Like, there's every year, there, there's a not, not so much anymore because these guys are the, the money that they're making. I don't, I'm like, once again, we're not, we're not talking, but they, they make too much. But the money that these guys make and they have to juggle this in that, in that cap and everything else. And, they, and there's the franchise tag and all the rules I don't know a whole bunch about. But, um, if you're if you have this uh, quarterback A and then you want quarterback B, but you got to make it work, and then this guy to that guy and the money, you got to make it dance under your cap. You got these guys that like these guys have contracts, right? And they're not gonna get bought out and everything else because there's only X amount of quality quarterbacks. Like you, you see a lot of uh, average to adequate ones. Uh, there's not many bad ones. But there, there's guys that aren't game changers, and you, you just hope that you, you have a serviceable guy that can get you through. But I can't see trading this guy for that guy for an average guy for an average guy. What's it, what good to do you? Like if, you if, if the Cowboys went out and said, Carr's our guy now, is, are they any closer? Yeah, but then like, who's going to be paying you can't now have $60 million tied up in a, in a backup and a starter, right? you got to find someone to take Prescott. Because he's under contract and that that money's on your cap, and so 
I don't know who's going to want Prescott. Maybe the Commodores or something like that because they they I think they got the last bit of wear off of Carson Wentz, and so now maybe the, the Commodores will take him. I don't know because all he's done is proven he can't win the big game. You know, and then to another point with the with the Cowboys, even when they were they're fucked, they, they were they had to make that last drive. They took all the fun out of a two minute drill. Like they go three and out in twenty seconds. Yeah. They waste they waste fifteen seconds pump, pump punting the ball, and then they got it back with whatever. And then the 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 kid who's getting a bit of a pass here is this that Dalton Schultz, that tight end. Because he didn't, he got knocked out of bounds, but they pushed him backwards, so the clock stepped running. And then uh, Prescott actually completed that 15, 20 yard pass to him, and he was absolutely lazy not getting his feet in. You know, that's that's yeah. a lot of that's a lot of clock and 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 yardage that guy um, cost his team on two completions. Like that and, and, and that comes down to coaching, and like most most I sports, so. like like football is the, the the one sport where the, the coach actually ma- makes a huge difference compared to the other ones. I think it goes like if you go to the uh, the four the four major sports, I think it goes uh, football, probably into uh, hockey, then basketball, then baseball for the the bench managers and the whole bit. Uh, and I think that that came down to like McCarthy's a bad coach, and I didn't I don't know if Jerry had a. Uh, a uh, State of the Union address or today at Jerry World to, to say what's going on, but it's surprising that McCarthy had a job after after last night because I thought that was a terrible coaching job. Like, and it's not and it's not like the, the the Niners were great, you know. It's it's not. It's not like it's not like Big Cock Brock had himself a, a night and they 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 struggled their way through it and they they got the win and everything else. So that was a game that if the if the Cowboys could have pieced together twenty points, twenty points. In a in a in a playoff game, they should, they, they could have won. Yeah, I, but you know the the playmakers on San Fran um, made more plays, and, and we're talking about McCaffrey, Man, he's and, good. and and Kittle, right? That that McCaffrey, eh? He he finds that hole and he's gone. His wheels, his speed is ridiculous. Fuck Stanford. Yeah, I understand how you feel about that, but <laughs> uh, but uh, it's it's you know San Fran. And then also too the the other thing about Dallas I'm going to say is like if you it, that CD Lamb is obviously a number one receiver they fed him the ball they fed him the ball but unless you got a secondary threat you're not going to do it and like I said this uh, that Dalton Schultz tight end he he made an impact on the game but when when it was when it meant the most he he dropped he didn't he caught the ball but he didn't do what you're supposed to do once you catch the ball so he didn't drop the ball he did it. Figuratively, not literally. So uh, Dallas just like showed me they're not mentally strong, and that's kind of the the one star brand for the last twenty seven years. It's a lot. It's been a long haul for a team that with the, with the following they got. It's that's a long haul to be, and they they got. We'll talk about it later on the show when teams that they they don't they, they think they're close, but they're really not because it's like they're they're not like and that was proven yesterday. A lot of teams saw yesterday uh, uh, and on Saturday how far away they actually are on in it happens in all sports anyways uh the other game that happened this weekend the one that uh I, I was a bit shocked at the outcome how it, it weren't close right from the get-go it was over early uh like real early uh it was the uh the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals that game 
the Bengals scored on their first two drives, and that's all the points they actually needed. And and it it was over right now. Buffalo at home did not show up. They had a bad night. It it, it happens. Uh, no matter what uh, the coaching schemes or whatever else it could be, who knows? But Buffalo got fucking spanked, and there's no other way to, to talk about it. Oh yeah, they got they got beat up in their own house. They were never in that game. Like, you know, maybe you could make a little bit of an argument for it, but it, I was surprised at how, how Cincinnati dominated Buffalo on both sides of the ball. It was, Burrow made that look fucking easy yeah. coming right out and, and, a, it, it told me <laughs> we, might, we might have to send that clip to Daryl about uh, how uh, Burrow isn't as, as good as as Josh Allen he was talking about when he was on our show on, on Thursday. Yeah. Not, maybe it's a little, little too soon. Little you don't, want, too soon, you don't yeah. want to throw a knife into a guy when his team has just got, gone down. But, yeah, maybe next week we'll, I'll forward that to him and say, hey, Daryl, what happened here? But, no, anyway, sorry, Dave, go ahead. Well, no, that's quite all right. And, and to me, it, it kind of showed me that, like, A, Burrow is, is really, really, really good. And unlike Dak, he plays best when the stakes are the highest. He, he was his – in the first two drives, what was it? Nine for nine, 150 yards and two touchdowns. That's pretty good uh, in Buffalo, in the snow. it's And the other part, to get dominated like that, being a higher seed, it, it kind of tells me either your team wasn't motivated or you just got out coached. Because it seemed to me, like we, we mentioned, one of the keys to that game was Burrow staying clean, and he did. And... You know, Josh Allen himself, he had all day to throw himself, and he didn't. There was no one open. Like, most of the sacks on Josh Allen, there was only a couple of them, were covered sacks. Like, either he was too tentative, he didn't want to throw that game-breaking pick, or his guys downfield weren't open, and he missed. He missed on a couple receivers, too. And Stefan Diggs, I'm sick and fucking tired of these Prima Donna I have that written down as a bit of a, a thing on that. Like, the, what what is it with these fucking receivers? Again, it's it's every few years another receiver comes out, and makes an ass of himself, no matter what. And it's always a wide receiver who thinks they're great and they touch the ball maybe four times a game, but it's always everybody else's fault. And wide receivers, yeah, you need them a hundred. I, I get it. Uh, they're they're very important, but they're not that important. You know, they're they're not. And, and cause they're, I, I don't want to say they're a dime a dozen, but they, they kind of are like, and they're always the biggest headaches in the locker rooms on the sidelines. What is it with these prima donna cock sucking fucking wide receivers? And, and Diggs proved it again yesterday. Well, and Diggs, this is the second time because he had a hissy fit he wanted out of uh, Minnesota, right? So he has a history of this and, and I get it. I get it you're disappointed. I get it you wanted the ball a couple more times. But you don't think Josh Allen is fucking balling his ass off? Like, you, you have an odd game. And there's a time and a place for it, right? Like, there, yeah. like there's a – and the way he goes up, goes about his business, and then the rumor has it – or not rumor, like reports that he was storming out of the, the, the locker room even before the uh, – the coach came came to to say his two cents and and, and get, give his speech uh, of of the game and everything else that like he was just gone like just quit it man like just you guys just got need the like, receiver need to quit it like just oh, quit it just exactly like it's it's that it, at the end of the day, day this is a team game and and you are an integral part of the team but but fuck right off we're all pissed off here right now and we don't need to let 
he's the Stefan Diggs is the fan punching a TV. We get it. You're mad. Yeah. You know, you know, just punching a TV doesn't make you more mad than me or show that you care more. Like, fuck off. Like, it, it drives me nuts. Behavior like that from a teammate. You know, it, it just goes to show how hard it is to actually win because the, the Buffalo Bills, everybody, everybody was marking them to win. They were Super Bowl champions back in September. Everybody had them marked down. There's no way they're going to lose. Uh, there's only been, I did, actually did some research for the first time in the 1420 podcast uh, history that uh, six teams have been ranked number to, to win the whole thing. Only six have ever done it. Uh, the 16, the 18, 16 Pats, uh, the 06 Indianapolis Colts, the 93 Cowboys and the 88, 89, 49ers since they started keeping these kind of stats. So it's hard to win. And then, so these preseason rankings and the, the, it, it they may, they mean absolutely nothing. But the thing that, uh, that strikes me about this is that the Bengals were there last year. They got to the Super Bowl last year. They lost. So they kind of have an inkling of what it takes. And it's not so much you lose your skill, you lose this, you lose that, but getting there is half is half the battle. Like you, like you think about those Oiler teams back in the day, how they uh, they they didn't see what it took to win a, a Stanley Cup until they they lost the Stanley Cup to the Islanders, right? And so it's the same kind of deal that the the Bengals were there last year, and so they kind of have an idea what it takes to get back. And these teams have to just realize that just because you spend money and you have the talent, there's a lot more to it than just talent and, 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 uh, and hopes and dreams. Well, and this is now the second year Buffalo hasn't even made it to the AFC championship game. That barn burner of a game last year was in the yeah, 16 seconds. They fucking fucked up their lives. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that was the semifinals. They lost to, uh, to Kansas city last year. And then Cleveland, uh, Cle- since he went into Casey and won. So, you know, like you're not even in the game to make the game. You're falling two games short now all the time. And and this has to be a really hard loss for Buffalo fan because what the fuck do we do now? Because we thought we had the team. We had we thought we had the defense. We thought we had the, the quarterback, the the receiving core, the weapons. And now we've lost two times in two years, and Kansas City ain't going anywhere. And Cincinnati no, obviously, Cincinnati is going anywhere. We're, they're getting better. And Burrow's still on a rookie contract. And now Allen's going to start making his big money next year, which means you have less money got, to spend on so those they got to deplete their team a little bit. Yeah. So it's it's you know the competition where it isn't going anywhere. And you know what, Jacksonville is no no walk in the park either like there's some really good teams uh like i think since he's still on the way up like this is only burrow's third year kansas city we'll see how long they can maintain but it's 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 not easy and they're like i think next year there's like those it doesn't get easier next year no, it, it because not everybody's gonna be a year more experience a year better right and it, you, you if you are you you run out of years Right, you run out of games, and you run out of years, and you run out of like a, your your superstar players run out of, run out of time, and uh, you just go to like you look at the the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Edmonton Oilers. We'll talk about that a little bit. Is that how hard it is to win, and your superstars are, are around for a certain amount of time, and you just run out of years with your stars, and then before you know it, you got to rebuild it and try, try again. And if you don't win, winning's hard, and it, it, and these teams that can win three and five or 
four and four and six or two out of three, whatever it is, how they can piece them together. It's, it's, it's actually, it's, it's, it's actually amazing how they can do it. Yep. And it, and it takes, um, it takes culture and co and, and consistent coaching, right? Your leaders, your best players have to be the one towing the company line and, and winning at the same time, because, Excuse me, I think Josh Allen toes the company line, and I think he is their best player. But, excuse me, no, he's, he's shown that he's not quite good enough. Like, he didn't play good. He, he Josh Allen did not play good enough to win a game last uh, There it last, is. On, on Saturday. Or, sorry, on Saturday. Was it that's, Saturday? That's Sunday. it. That's it right there. He wasn't good enough. And you're and when you're supposed to be getting paid and you're supposed to be the guy to to put your team over the hump, and that's why the the, the these owners make investments in you, whatever no matter what sport it is, and you're supposed to be the guy to get you to that next level and you don't, the pressure's on you, man. There's no there's no there's nobody else you can complain about. And if if you're the the, the company guy, like you said, Dave, and you're towing the company line and, and you don't get it done, that's on you. That's mm-hmm. your job. Like, like if it's your job to dig the hole, you don't dig the hole, then that that's on you. And, yeah. and, and that would, that, that loss, I don't want to say it was all on him, but a big, a big portion of it is on him. Like you, you, you go back in the, in the history of the NFL, like the, the big, the big game quarterbacks, uh, when it was time to win and Brady's a, we don't want to bring that one up because it was just, a, it seemed to be quite easy for him. But like when it was time to go with Brady, it was time to go with guys like Steve Young, they won. Like they, they just did, right? And it's just, it's you, you got those guys that win championships, and now you have Mahomes going for 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 one or for his second one. He's still kicking. Burrow's looking for his first. Burrow, he won it in college. Like these guys are, they're born winners, and maybe some guys just aren't. And and, and who knows? Like it's they had to fire. The Bills had to fire from that that all-time game last year against Kansas City and he did he had a hell of a game coaching lost that game um I think with uh kicking it deep and, and as opposed to wasting time but that's all been hashed over but yesterday he didn't and and you know that I think the the Bills coaching staff has to take a good long hard look in the mirror too the There's, there should have been adjustments in the second half because it wasn't because Josh Allen didn't have time to throw. It's he just was holding on to the ball too long and not making those passes. Maybe shorten the routes. Maybe some more crossing things. But there's, you can't tell me Cincinnati's defense is that fucking good. They play, they play good, but they can't be that fucking good. No, I, Buffalo, I, it, the ten it, points. It's just like it's like it's yeah. You wonder what a team thinks. We'll keep going here. Like what what a team thinks, and, and not not just what the team the, the the teams who lost this weekend, but teams on the periphery of that who didn't even make the playoffs, and what they got to be thinking. They were watching the games yesterday and going, "Oh man, we are so far behind. These guys are still playing. What are we going to do? Yeah, we can draft the guy in the first round, the second round, whatever it may be, or we got to pick in the uh, eighth overall, whatever it could be. But there's, there's got to be teams yesterday thinking, oh, we don't have a shot next year, two years from now. <laughs> Three years from now, a lot has to happen. They got to get old quick, and we got to get better quick. But you know, but back to the coaching point, it, it kind of showed me like how good a coach John Harbaugh is with the Ravens. The Ravens 
should have, could have won that game. Like, they probably would have won that game with Lamar Jackson. If Hundley doesn't make that, they kicked the field goal instead of Hundley fumbling on this on the two-yard yeah. line. The Ravens win that game. And and so it just shows you how a good season coach knows how to get his guys up and scheme and, and, and prevent the other team from running it up on you, which is not what happened to the Bills. Like, I... When you're getting out class like that, I don't know what kind of kick in the ass you need to get to the guys to to shake him out of it. But when when Cincinnati when Burrow goes nine for nine on two two drives and puts twelve points on the board, like that right now, and right the game was over. Now your guys aren't ready to play. The They're game doing... was over. The game was over before I even cracked a beer. Yeah, like it was it was done. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get it. You can come back, and Jacksonville showed us this against the Chargers. But you know that's what the Chargers do. They find creative ways of losing. Burrow, <laughs> Burrow is too good, and and the coaching staff is on Cincinnati. Appears that they're too good too, and they were down two or three starting offensive linemen, and they still kept uh, Burrow upright, gave him the time to throw. Like, do you think that's why the NFL basically told the PA and the, the, the their collective bargaining agreement? I don't know the the verbiage of it all, but we don't need to have guaranteed contracts because we can just replace you guys with whoever. It's the coaches who actually can win football games. Yeah, you you need talent. Really, you need, you need think, talent, but it, but in, yeah. but San Francisco doesn't have a quarterback. No, they don't. You're right. Like, but they, and, and, but and they, they're, have, they're, and they're one or four teams left. But they have Pro Bowl talent at running back, uh, wide receiver, and tight end. Right? Yeah. You know, so like, I'm and, not downplaying the rest of the team, but I'm, but I'm saying is like the the NFL has a they have a system built in, and there's so many players, and it's it's every sport. But the NFL has a system built in where they can say, "We'll just replace you with somebody else." Because it's 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 the schemes, the coaching. Because coaching in the NFL, it's it's way bigger than the other sports. It's way bigger. Oh Christ, yeah. You see the just the the play sheet that uh, the coaches have on the on the sideline, that big huge poster with all the color codes and everything. Even the amount of plays the quarterback has on his wrist, like holy shit. You know, I would need my bifocals to read that if I ever had a like the the print is too small. I wouldn't even I would, bother anyways. What does this mean? Yeah. Hey, Coach, what's this mean? What's, yeah. oh, fuck. Would you just, Bredlinski, just do something just with that, man. Fuck. Anyways. The 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer sports talking a whole lot more. Brought to you by Manscaped and the Manscaped.com. Use promo code 1420SCAPED at Manscaped.com today for 20% off and free shipping uh, for all your personal grooming needs today. Are you thinking of going to a game or a concert in the coming days ahead, or do you already have tickets and want to upgrade where you're sitting? It's simple. Go to SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. They have tickets for all sports going on right now, as well as concert tickets to shows throughout North America. And to make things even better, use promo code 1420POD, that's 1420POD, and receive 20 bucks off your first purchase. Once again, that's promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. The 1420 Sports Bar Podcast, four beer sports talking a whole lot more. This segment is brought to you by the SeatGeek app. Use 
Promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase uh, for all your sports tickets, concert tickets, show tickets, whatever you want to get at SeatGeek today. Uh, anyways, uh, Dave, on Saturday, I talked about this morning on 1420 in the morning, uh, but I wanted to get your take on this because I know you're a Sutter guy and I am too, but I really wanted to hear your take on uh, what Sutter had to say post-game about the uh, the debut of Jacob Pelche with the Calgary Flames. Not so much about uh, the Calgary Flames or Pelche, because I know you don't know who that kid is or what he even looks like if he was to knock on your front door looking for selling Boy Scout cookies. So uh, I'm just saying what you, you obviously heard the takes of Mr. Sutter, uh, what he had to say uh, post-game after their, their big win on Saturday versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, great game the Flames played. I actually watched that game. Um, but Mr. Sutter was asked about Pelche's uh, performance. Uh, Sutter went on a little diatribe. You can you can get deeper into that. The thing that uh, for, for a few weeks now, Sutter's been kind of pushing back on the media because the, the Flames farm team is, is right in Calgary. So the Wranglers, who they are, they're, they're talked about a lot. And they, and uh Living wanted to bring up Pelche and on and on. We, we talked about a little bit. What was your take on Mr. Sutter's comments uh, post-game on Saturday afternoon? You know, we all kind of w- wink and smile when because when, uh, Sutter being the curmudgeon in front of the reporters, it, it's, it's kind of charming. But what he did when asked about uh, Pelche in his first game in the NHL, you know, now you're just being a fucking asshole. Yeah. Like, there, there's a line there. Like, you can you can acknowledge. Obviously, you got pretty much told to put him in because you take this kid on a road trip. He's 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 tearing it up in the AHL, is from from what I understand, and he's earned a call up because you know what, the Calgary Flames aren't in the playoffs right now, and uh, the veterans on that team aren't doing their job and they hadn't been doing their job for some time now. So what's wrong with putting in a first round draft pick and seeing how he fits in instead of mocking that he had only six minutes and one hit, you know, he's a 21 year old kid. It's his first game. It's he has a long way to go. Thanks tips. Like, fuck. Can you let me enjoy the moment? And, and the, the fact that he would, Take away the occasion of your of of a kid's first game in the yeah. bigs. It's just don't fucking rain on my parade. You know, say that like I I what I do hope because I kind of like Daryl Sutter. I really do. I hope that in the locker room afterwards he had something for him, like a a puck or something, and like good job, kid, and something like that. Just Try to make it right, but like, don't. Fuck. His fucking family was going to be there probably to watch his you debut. Know, like he, and, that, and that's the one thing that that got me. I talked about this morning. There is that that got me the most was like it's it's hard, and you only get one first game in the National Hockey League. Like, yeah, he's probably going to have more. He's playing tonight against uh, Johnny Goudreau. I wonder what how the Flames uh, fans reacted to Goudreau coming back. But uh, you just wonder what Sutter's 
thought process was there, his motivation for, for doing that, because he comes from a, t- a family that played the, all, like the, the, the brothers the whole bit, and so he knows about family and the, and, and the like, and they, they talk so fondly about family and tradition and la-da-da-da-da, and then he pulls off a stunt like that. That was a dickhead move. That was a complete dickhead move by Sutter doing that. That not I I, I don't want to say it ruined that kid's thought, but the, a lot of people now only know about about Jacob Pelche because of what Sutter said, and his first game is going to be tainted no matter what. Because if the kid had a, a, a tough night and w- w- had a, a was a minus three with two penalties and had a shitty night, then maybe say something. But Sutter could have just told the company line and said, you know, the kid hey had a good good debut. He didn't he, he touched the puck two times. He's out there in the, in the big eyes. Hope his parents enjoyed it. He could have just said something like that. But in his stupid Elmer Fudd voice, putting his fucking glasses on the whole bit, Sutter lost a lot of points in my book. I know it doesn't mean nothing to him on the 1420 podcast, what Brent Redlinski thinks about him. But I think a lot of people feel the same way that I do and that that you do about Sutter today that they they didn't feel on Saturday morning compared to what they felt Saturday afternoon. Yeah, like, you know, there's a time to be... be, um gruff and 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 curt with the media but this wasn't the time right like you know it's because what did that kid do all he did was is be a good soldier all he was make all he did was make the national hockey league after playing the minors so he made the nhl and someone made him and his coach made a mockery of it you know and 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 that's a bullshit move total bullshit it leads me to another thing i listened to uh elliot friedman podcast uh today and uh he was mentioning, you know, that, you know, Daryl's a top coach and everybody knows he's a top coach and he, and he, and he expects a lot of his players and, and he doesn't give praise lightly and you're going to have to do your job. Otherwise he's going to give you a tongue lashing. And, and that's this kind of style he coaches and he's won two cups and he's had success in the league. But when the team just can't, really find its identity can't really get things going maybe it's time to you know lighten up just a little bit just a little bit and and so when he's not lightening up and he's uh lighting lightning lightning up <laughs> lightening up i know not <laughs> but, uh, lightning but lightening yeah i got you yeah when he doesn't take his foot off the gas just a little bit in the asshole category and the team is struggling a little bit. And then the teammates of this Pelche hear him fucking mock his debut like that. It's like, well, fuck this guy. Why, why yep. the fuck are we fucking busting our ass yep. for this motherfucker just so we can yell at us some more? And apparently there's some tension I've read between him and Treliving, the GM, who has done nothing but fucking pull rabbits out of his ass every fucking year doing a great job managing this team and and then you got a you got a head coach that's just can't stop being an asshole like you think about it dave they they play in a shitty old rink and they got a shitty dressing room and they they haven't had much success and you have the the, the canadian taxes and on and on and on it goes good luck and then you have a coach acting like this towards a rookie uh good luck getting a, getting free agent signings you know, like th- these players that they, 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 they won't like, they just won't. And th- that was a horse shit move by Sutter that I- I'm not saying it's going to set, set the organization back a long ways, but it sure didn't help the organization. 
It, it it did not, and like, and my mom's a Flames fan. I should have actually called her today and asked what what she thought about it. Because I'm sure she would have a uh, a rather uh, R-rated review of Sutter's antics on, on Saturday afternoon. But uh, man, that did not look good on the Flames, the Flames organization, and the whole thing. It, it, it's a bad look, and it, it's 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 it, it. You would hope that somebody with the uh, How's the word I'm looking for? The 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 the, the Sutter uh, legacy in Alberta is, is long and storied and everything else, and that kind of took a step back on Saturday. Maybe it's time to just because you're a Sutter, you can't say whatever you want. Right? You know, they're like everybody appreciates your hard assed approach. Everybody appreciates um your working man's approach and how you hold people accountable. But you know, that was just mean for the sake of being mean. That wasn't hard ass. That's all that was. That, that was me. That was just being an asshole for the sake of being an asshole. You know, and, and the thing is, it, it's it, it's not it's not hard to be nice. What his antics, because he knew the question was going to come from the Calgary media about Pelche and his free. So he knew that that, that that question was coming. So that was a rehearsed thing that he did. And it, it took a lot more work on his end to be a prick than it, than it would have been for him to just be nice. Yeah, I I went on it. It was it was uncalled for, and I don't I don't know how he thinks this moves his team forward in any in anything. Yeah, fuck you. You fuck you. But coach, oh well. you get fired, man. And you've been fired how many times? Right. Yeah. He's he's yeah. He knows his he knows his way to the door. He has his guaranteed money. So. But he also has two Stanley Cup rings as a coach. So who? who am no, I? Yeah, it's just, it was just a, it's bad form for that. If the kid has a shitty night in his second game, then say it. Yeah, and like, yeah. or even if he would have sucked, you know, like <laughs> tough night to have your first game, something, 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 and then some kind of backhanded compliment. But no, he just went full dick mode. He was he he went right Tortorella on that one. Well, that's a whole other story for another day. Anyways, the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast, four beer sports talk, and a whole lot more brought to you by Manscaped and Manscaped.com. Use promo code 1420SCAPED at Manscaped.com today for 20% off your first, actually all your purchases. Buy all all, all you want from Manscaped. Actually, yeah. Dave, give, give us a, uh, for our, uh, our beard hedger trimmer giveaway, uh, what's the Manscaped word of the day? Anyway, uh, no, it don't matter. Cromudgeon. Curmudgeon. <laughs> Curmudgeon. For those of you with beards and, and want a free uh, a free edge, edge trimmer, and if you can spell the word curmudgeon, uh, send us a picture picture of your grill. We got a giveaway going away, uh, going together. You need a picture of your grill. You send us that plus the uh, the word of the day, and then you uh, get entered in the draw, and then we'll give you the by by what would what do we decide by the Tuesday before, before Valentine, Super Bowl before Valentine's before Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, before get, Valentine's Day. And yeah. we'll do the draw so you can shave your face and you might get uh, a little bit of loving. Sculpt that beer. And, and to be clear, this is the this is the Manscaped beard sculpting, not your pube sculpting. Yes, we don't, it's, it's, we don't it's, want it's the all new beard trimmer. I, see, yeah. I actually seen it. I was watching something on YouTube today, and uh, John Daly's got a commercial on there for you for uh, for Manscaped the whole bit. It's quite, it's quite funny because he was going to take take his drawers down. He's like, the son's like, no, don't do that. Just that's for, for his beard. So, uh, so yeah, we we have one of those to give away to uh, to a lucky listener to to get back to us and the like. So, curmudgeon is the word curmudgeon. of the day. Curmudgeon, 
curmudgeon. Anyways, the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast, four beers, sports talk, and a whole lot more. Hey, it's Brent from the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. For all of you out there who like to have a little skin in the game, go to BetUS.com to make all your sports wagers. BetUS.com has all the sportsbook options available at your fingertips from pro and college football to baseball, hockey, horse racing, and beyond. And with an initial sign-up bonus of 125%, you get more bang for your buck at BetUS.com. Just click on our our personalized link that can be found on all our social media accounts and start betting today at America's favorite sportsbook. There is also an online casino for those of you who like to play the table as well. So sign up at America's favorite sportsbook today and pad your pockets at BetUS.com. 1420 Sports Bar Podcast, four beer sports talk, and a whole lot more. Dave, uh, Johnny Goudreau left the Flames. Man, it's all Flames talk all of a sudden on, on the I on know, show. I didn't which realize is, this. Now. Which is odd. I didn't either. It's the way things turned out. Johnny Goudreau made his uh, auspicious return to, uh, I don't know if that's even the right terminology, but it sounded good. Uh, his auspicious return to the city of Calgary tonight, back in the Saddle Dome, where it all first started for him after his, his, uh, departure to become a Columbus Blue Jacket, the worst, one of the worst teams in hockey. He's not having a great season, to, but whatever. Uh, he's returned to the Saddle Dome tonight. Uh, if you were in the crowd tonight, like you're not a Flames guy, but you're, 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 you're a sports guy. If you were in the stands tonight, if you were gifted some tickets to go to a, a Calgary Flames Columbus Blue Jackets game on a Monday night, that's a tough sell, man. That's a tough sell. <laughs> but uh, if you were gifted tickets, you live in the city of Calgary, you went to the game, what would your reaction be to when old Johnny Hockey stepped on the ice for the first time? If, if me being me, I could give a hawk. But if I was a Flame fan, you're goddamn right, I'm booing. You know, well, he gave us 10 good years. Yeah, but he decided, I'm a fan of this team, and he decided that his life was going to be better not playing for the team. And he shafted us, and he and he, uh, and he he left us, the team with no option. Like, he just he just ran the he, – he made the team run out of time. Couldn't do anything with them. So, like – if you're a Flames fan, you must boo him. Anybody that doesn't boo him tonight is is not a true fan, I don't think, because that's what fan is about. Like we we talked about it earlier on about putting your fist through shits and uh, f- f- fist through shit, punching TVs and wrecking stuff I, and I being don't think I've so ever angry. Put, I put my fist through shit, but not through shits. No, I haven't punched shit. <laughs> I have never punched poo in my life. <laughs> I've, I've I've had poo just even. Uh, two hours ago, I had poo in my hand in a bag because I was walking my dog. Oh, I said, this is odd. No, no, uh, it's, it's, which is actually kind of nice. On it, it got chilly back here in southern Alberta, so when you're picking up that poo, it's a little bit warm in your hand through the yeah. through the thing. So I I do give it a good squeeze to try and warm up my hand. But nonetheless, it's your duty as a fan to boo a player who has chosen to leave your franchise, to, especially for a shitty one. Especially the way he left, it was a last-minute signing, and there's a back backhanded kind of deals. From my thought, like I, I, I remember where when it all happened. I was in Fort McLeod at uh, the, the homeland there. My brother was actually in town. We were at the uh, the local pool that's been renovated and the whole bit. We had a good time, and somebody had their phone out and said Goudreau signed in Columbus. I was like, come on, that didn't make any sense. And then you heard the stories and everything that happened afterwards. I boo hard on that one. 
Like I would have, if I'm a Flames fan and he shows up, I boo hard. I have a, a Goudreau jersey that I've uh, that I've defaced a little bit. I, I make sure that that, that my because it's it's my it's my not God given right, but as 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 a fan or fanatic of, of a team, I, I should be able to show my displeasure of a uh, because I I cheered him in the good times. And I, I bought the shit, and I, I I helped pay his salary over the years. And the way he de- departed Calgary, I thought was really shitty. And I didn't see what happened tonight with his um his return and what the fans did. But I'm sure he got he got the video, the whole bit. And I no, and I if, if I, I'm a little bit down if they gave him the tribute tribute video because the way he left was really really shitty. It was shitty. Like he didn't do anything wrong per se. Like he he was a free agent and he earned that right by playing X numbers of the league and and but to let the team know one minute before deadline that he wasn't gonna sign, that's shitty. Yeah. That's shitty. Like and I don't know what Treliving would have done with that information a week beforehand, but to, to run it all the way down to the end. It's not really stand upish of him. I think you can hold. A, I think you can hold a presser and say, "Yeah, we've decided this, this isn't happening." And it's just it it, it would have been better for both sides if it turns out that way. Like if they come out, he's he's just he decided to move to different pastures. He wants to be close to his family. Just come out and say it. Just come yeah. out and say it. Just you're, come you're, out and say it's, it. It's, it's it's your like you said. It's your right to to once you get free agency, play where the fuck you want. But the way he did it was really really shitty. Yeah, because like there's 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 different ways of leaving a team, right? Like he he could have been whatever the Flames could have been out of out of the playoffs, and uh, he could have told the team like, look, I'm not going to resign here, and then they could have traded for whatever for uh, that trade deadline. But he didn't do that because the Flames were actually had aspirations of of making a bit of a run, as unlikely as they were. They well, they were the weren't they the the number one seed? No, I don't know. They were they were good. They were high, and, and then they got they got marks from them. The goaltending wasn't very good in there the, the whole bit. But yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of shitty and, and hockey, the Bruce Boudreau situation came to a head yesterday in Vancouver with the Canucks, and the Canucks can't seem to get out of their own way. They do this whatever situation they get themselves into. Uh, Aquilini, the owner, and, and the like, and. Uh, they they just seem to make wrong decision after wrong decision after wrong decision, and I don't know how it comes up as much as it does on our podcast, but it's it, the Vancouver Canucks cannot seem to get out of their own way, no matter what they do. Uh, Brucey Boudreaux seems to be one of the the good guys in the world of hockey. He was quite emotional in the last week and a half when the the, the rumors were coming out that he was going to get fired. I mean, every coach is hired to get fired. It's, it's kind of the way it goes, unless your name's Scotty Bowman, but. Uh, the Canucks handle that situation. Uh, he got fired yesterday, and Rick Tockett got hired. I don't know why people think Rick Tockett's the next coming of Scotty Bowman, but uh, Boudreaux got let go yesterday, and he had an emotional uh, send-off uh, after the game with the Bruce There It Is thing on Saturday night in Vancouver, uh, another loss to the the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Dave, I know you're not, you're not a Canucks apologist by any means, but this is a whole new low in my books because Boudreaux, Boudreaux came – out of his retirement last last season, after they fired Travis Green, 
and and he goes, yeah, okay, I'll give this a shot with this shitty team. And he had a he had a good season by by all accounts last year. And then the, they signed him to a two year three. And they gave they gave him a deal. Say, yeah, here you go. And then all of a sudden he's fired because uh, they're they're shitty again. And that's on that's on Rutherford. It's not on fucking Brucey Boudreau, in my opinion. But what's your thoughts on the, the way the Canucks handled that situation? And your thoughts on the Canucks in general with with this kind of stuff that seems to always happen. Well, this was absolute garbage. This was a new low. Like uh, when Boudreaux was on the road, and and reporters had found out that they were interviewing head coaching candidates. They were conducting interviews when Boudreaux was on the road, and it got out. And so now, the at, in a post game press conferences, reporters are asking Boudreaux, "What do you think of management uh, <laughs> interviewing people for your job?" The fuck's he supposed to say? Like the one time he goes, I well, I hope I'm here tomorrow. I don't know. I'll let you know. And then so they let him play two more, coach two more games on the road, coach one more at home, and then cut him loose. Like maybe they were hoping that he would say, fuck you, I quit. And then they wouldn't have to pay him out. But like. Well, now they're paying $2 million to Travis Green and 275 to uh two or two five to, to Boudreaux and then two seven five to uh to to uh Rick Tockett now like Jesus fuck man yeah it's 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 ridiculous like it's it's <laughs> you gotta get out of your own way when you find yourself in a hole stop digging but Canucks cannot stop digging what Every year. Like that? and Rutherford's new too right Rutherford didn't sign Boudreaux no, I don't think he did. I think you're right. Yeah, no, because I read that today. Like you know, every general manager wants wants their own coach, and Boudreaux's not his hire. And then, so well, fuck. Why aren't we having this goddamn conversation in the summer, as opposed to submarining your coach, at, going behind his back? You know, I get it. If you want to let someone go, you're, you're going to have to have a plan and and know who's coming in next. But once this became a little bit awkward and gross for Boudreaux on the road, then like just get on the phone and say like, Hey, sorry, man, you're gone. Do you want, do you want to come home and coach one more game at home? Or do you have, want an, to- have an inter interim guy, yeah. and whatever it was. And yeah. It, the, the one thing that I find funny about Boudreaux's comments when after the game on uh, Saturday night, when he pretty much knew it was his last game, and because they they got they got beat by the Oilers, is that he mentioned who they were playing the next couple of games? I can't remember who it was. I know one was Chicago, but there's some local oh, yeah. Chicago, <laughs> San Jose, I think it was, and then uh, Seattle. I could be wrong. It doesn't much matter. But, but they it was were some easier. Teams, but they were yeah. they were two at two out of the three games were were kind of games that the Canucks had a chance to win. So it's a good chance for the Canucks to make that coaching change. Rick Tockett comes in. He's the savior because every time a coach get, gets hired, that that coach wins two or three games in a row, three or five, whatever it is, and they, and the GM looks like a hero. So, Brucey e. Boudreaux knew with the, the way the schedule was lined up that the Canucks were going to make a change then because there was two or three uh, softballs being thrown thrown their way, and they was going to make uh, look, make make Tockett look good. Like it, it happens every fucking time. You know, and which also makes sense. You know, and I've and I've said before on this podcast, and anyone, I don't think Boudreaux is an overly exceptional coach. I don't. Um, I think he, I think he's a players' coach. I think the players like him. But you know, uh, the Capitals could never win with him, and he had a lot of talent there. They won without him, yeah. 
And then like he's he's a hockey guy and and he's he's he just he'll coach. Like if someone if the fucking flames phone him tomorrow, he'll go and coach. I, I know that because he's a lifer. Like, There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And, and and that's admirable and, and and I don't have anything personally against him. I don't I just don't think he's uh I think he's a B coach that got a coach Ovechkin for five years. Yeah, and you, that's why we know his name. Like you, you just wonder why the the the, the Canucks and like you said earlier on, we were talking about the the culture of teams and and how and how important it, how important it really is. The uh, the culture of the Canucks stems right from the top, and the culture of the Cowboys stems right at the top. And when your owner finds a way to to screw things up, it just it it, it trickles down. It, it it really does. And the thing is. With that, and I've said this before in, in my work life and everything else, it, shit can only roll downhill so, so far. Eventually, it's got to go back up to the top. Like, it, it, it has to. Well, it just keeps rising. Like, it gets to a low point, and then the shit just keeps collecting, collecting, collecting. And then sooner or later, the, the shit is going to be at the top of the hill, and now what do you do, right? Like, it's... Everybody wants to say, like, really sell the team, sell the team. Like, fuck, I saw that... Uh, the Artie Moreno, the owner of the uh, the Angels baseball, yeah. uh, said, "I'm no, I'm keeping the team." Like, and everybody's just like, "Ah, oh, man!" Like when you're disappointed that your owner keeps the team, it's a bad look. I, I, the Orioles are having that problem. They got shitty ownership. The Commodores are they're being Snyder's going to be forced to sell that shitty owner. I think Daryl Cass is a shitty owner. Um. Yeah. What do you do? You you want stable ownership, but you also want them to keep their fucking myths off the team. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyways, fourteen twenty sports bar podcast for beer sports talking a whole lot more. Brought to you by collectibleexchange.com. Use promo code one four two zero CX at collectibleexchange.com for all your gear for your man cave today. You are never too old or too cool to show support for your favorite team. Fans Edge, who's an affiliate of Fanatics, has everything a sports fan could possibly be looking for. From hats, to apparel, to giftware and memorabilia, Fans Edge is the place for you. With hassle-free returns, free shipping on order over 100 bucks in Canada, and free shipping on all orders in the continental United States, Fans Edge makes it easy to get what you want when you want it. Just click on the link on our Twitter and Facebook accounts, and that will take you directly to our Fans Edge affiliate pages, and you can start shopping. Every time you purchase something from there, it supports the 1420 Sports Podcast as we get a percentage, and that's a good thing. So go to Fans Edge today for all your fan gear needs. 1420 Sports Bar Podcast, former sports talk, and a whole lot more. Uh, like I said earlier on, we're having uh, friends of the show, brutally honest sports, Aaron and uh, JD on the show coming up on Thursday night, so that'll be out on Friday. Uh, be, be a good time to talk with them about the uh, the weekend coming up in the uh, National Football League, the championship games, which I find are always quite entertaining and uh, they're great for fans. It's, it seems like a bigger a bigger thing for fans than, than the uh, Super Bowl is. Uh, Dave, what do you got? Who do you got? What are your thoughts? What's going to happen on the AFC Championship game, the NFC Championship game? Who is going to the Super Bowl? After watching Cincinnati decimate the Bills, I cannot bet against Joe Burrow. Um, and with with um, Pat Mahomes being a, a little bit gimpy, 
I I got Cincy, and I just cannot cheer for those fucking Eagles. I'm going to hear it from uh, JD and Aaron on Thursday, I'm sure. And, you know, these two guys, I don't know if anyone's listened to this show, they break down football a lot better than us. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah they, they, they know their football, and they can break it down and, and say the correct names with the, with the correct positions. They're not looking shit up. So, yeah, they, they don't just say that fucking guy and that fucking they, guy and that yeah, guy over there. Yeah, who's that tight end that fucking dropped? And, you know, that big fat guy uh, and this guy. But nonetheless, um, they're, they're Eagles fans, and, and maybe I might have to do some homework to, to defend um, my pick of San Francisco, but I do think um, San Fran is the better coach team. They might not have Aaron Brown, the receiver. I think that's his name, or or Jalen Hurts. But I, I, I've i been calling the, the Eagles and the NFC East pretenders all year, and I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't pick the Niners to beat uh, Philly this weekend. So two roadies. Two I roadies. Got- I got Cincinnati winning that game for, just for like you said about the uh, the Mahomes situation with his with his ankle, uh, the, the 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 defense and, and the way the way that the Bengals played last week and they, they they're they're going to be good enough and and having your your uh, your star uh, hobbling around and uh, you'll find a way to to stop them the, the something that the Jacksonville should have done last weekend but they they didn't do so I got I got the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, uh, on the first game, the second game, I'm going to go against my San Francisco 49ers. I think that Jalen Hurts is having a season of the ages. Philadelphia is flying right now. And I, I eventually, if you don't have, you do need a, a quarterback at this point in the, in the season, uh, to go out and win yourself to, to win these kind of games. Uh, and I, I think that uh, Big Cock Brock's going to finally get his first loss of the season in the uh, in the NFC Championship game. And I think the the Philadelphia Eagles are they just might be the I don't want to say it, but they just might be the best team in football right now. I think that the I think the final four teams right now are the right final four teams. I don't think that a team got in the back door. I don't think anybody um, surprised anybody. Like no, nobody surprised these four teams are playing right now. No, I agree with that. Um... You know, if you would have told people that these were the final four teams two weeks ago, there might be some eyebrows. But, like, once again, after seeing the way uh, Cincy handled um, Buffalo, like, every team deserves to be there right now. And it's it's going to be good. I, I, we need they we deserve to watch some better football than um, what they put us through last weekend. Not that it was bad. It wasn't it very good. It could have been a lot better. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't very good. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll I'll agree with that, and I think um, you know, once again, I think Shanahan might be the best coach not to win a Super Bowl. He's he figures it out. <laughs> As a side, I read on the Twitter machine today that Jimmy Garoppolo might be uh, on the sidelines, like might be ready to play for uh, the NFC Championship game. And I just said, well, make sure he has a good seat. I'm sure he'll have a good seat. And the, th- the thing is with Garoppolo, we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get off the show right away here. Uh, but the thing with Garoppolo, I if he's just the backup in San Fran next year, I don't think he would mind. Like I don't think he cares. 
Well, I think he's no. I think he has to care because well, no. I guess he's already made a lot of money in San Fran. He was making twenty million a year for a, for those the last three four years. Yeah. It's just Trey Lance. Like, so what do you do with Trey Lance? Right, he's still on his rookie deal. He has one or two more left. But do you? <laughs> Lance was the starter, and they didn't do too good. He got hurt, and uh, Gorgeous Jim did started doing okay, and Big Cock didn't lose. So actually, where does that leave Trey Lance in the whole thing? Actually, I heard one of the smarter things I've ever heard on a podcast on, and it was from our friends from Level of Playing Field. And actually, I, and I, I was when I first started listening to it, I was like, they're 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 fucking nuts. John's mad, Dave's mad, whatever. But then they said a good landing spot for Tom Brady next year would be the Miami Dolphins. Now, now, just listen, listen here. And I, I thought this was a brilliant take by, by by the two boys at LPF there. You have Brady for a year. They were a playoff team this year, on and on and on. Get Brady in there. They had a better defense than what, what Tampa had. And you give Tua's brain a year off. Have him on the sidelines to learn from a professional quarterback. So Tua gets a year. His brain rests a little bit, gets a little bit of on and on and on. I thought that that was a brilliant take by John and Dave from Level Playing Field. I'll have to digest it. I haven't listened to it. I I, I will take a listen. But, um, you know, Miami is, at the end of the day. They're licking the jar a little bit. Yeah, you have, yeah, I I see that. But then you also got to play Buffalo twice. Uh, The Jets, you know, that division's a little bit better than they used to be. And then. So Miami is just now kicking that can down the road because now you're giving two a year off. And then do you still sign him now to a free agent deal? Because he's one hit away. I don't think I don't think any team can make more than a three year commitment to Tua. I don't know. You're 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 not responsible if you do it to your franchise. Tua Miami quarterback. I I can't I still can't say his name. I can't. Tua Galova? I think we got it wrong. I'm not even gonna try. I'm no, not even gonna try. And, and, and I'm okay with that. Tua, Miami quarterback. Tua, yeah, Tua. the guy, yeah, Miami quarterback. Anyways, Dave, Tua. good show tonight. Uh, looking forward to Thursday with the, with the guys from uh, Brutally Honest Sports. It should be a good one. They'll, they'll school us in the in the ways of football, but we will have some uh, funny takes about the uh, the world of hockey that they know nothing about. So that should be actually kind of we'll we'll get them going. Some we'll talk some baseball, talk some football, talk the championship games a little bit. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm gonna actually have to brush up a little bit. I'll, I'll, uh, I I poke some fun at the Orioles' own ownership uh, situation. I was DMing Aaron a little bit ago, so I'll, uh, I'll I'll read up and then you know I'm not I'm not anything if I can't tease people a little. That's all I really got. It really comes down to it. I make fun of people my entire life, and it's uh, got me this far. So I'll keep going. Whatever. Anyways, the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beers, sports talking a whole lot more. Take care of each other, but more importantly, take care of yourselves and eat your own. If you stick on the ice, and what else, Dave? No swinging at high pitches, baby. There you go. Have a good night, folks. We'll talk to you again on Thursday night.